You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. It's The Comedy Cellar Show, live from the table on Sirius XM 99. This is Dan Natterman, and our regular listeners will know that if I am doing the introduction, that can only mean one thing, that once again, Noam Dorman has decided not to show up. Um, not sure why this time. Do you know why, Stephen? Um, That's think, our producer, Stephen Calabria. I think it's Juanita's birthday. Okay, it's Juanita's birthday. Uh, last time, I believe he was in Russia. Um, there's always something. We're a low priority item for him, but uh, that's okay because I have the situation in hand. <laughs> I, I'm with uh, no Gilbert. That's we, we, me and Noam bust each other's balls. That's uh-huh. kind of our thing. So don't yes. be put off. Okay. By it. No, uh, I was just about to leave angrily. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. And ready to go. Well, you well that, that you all know who my guest is today. It's uh, Mr. Gilbert Godfrey, the legend. There's no other word for it. He's a legend. You're a legend. And and I'm here because Gallagher too uh, found something else to do. All right. all right. Well, Gallagher's not here, but you are. And we also have uh, Carmen Lynch is with us. Not a legend yet, but happy uh-huh. to be with you. We've had Carmen here in the past. <laughs> And uh, and uh, and here she's again. I you must have done a nice job because we invited you back. Gilbert's yeah. chomping see, at the bit to see, say something. Now, now uh, Gallagher. Ooh, thank you. Yes, go ahead, yeah. Gilbert. Uh, Gallagher, that Gallagher and Gallagher too. I find the most fast. Uh, they they gotta make a movie out of that. See, well, are they brothers? Yeah, there's Gallagher that everyone knows. And he has a brother who looks and sounds just like him. And and he gave his brother permission to do his act around the country, and he would be billed as Gallagher too. And part of the agreement was that he can't burst the watermelon. That's the only thing he's not allowed to do. So Gallagher too went around the country... He dropped the two from his name and 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 started doing the watermelon. And so I just went all the way to the Supreme Court. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It did go to court. It, it was like and I believe Justice Ginsburg ruled in favor of Gallagher too. Yeah, because people were like they were calling up. People were booking Gallagher too. And saying we can get him so much cheaper than Gallagher won. I've actually been trying to sell my act. Uh, for for years, because I've had it with comedy. Um, oh yeah, you know I've had enough. I think Gilbert and I might be on the same page. I, I, Gilbert uh, is a subject of a new documentary, Carmen. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Gilbert. No, I have not seen yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's a new documentary, and I saw it because I was invited to the Friars Club for the premiere. I was not invited. Okay, well I, I, was, I was invited. invited I went out of my Gilbert way. was not invited. Gilbert, you did not invite me. <laughs> yes, yes, I went out of but, my. We're going to try to get uh, dive deeply into Gilbert's life. It's probably not going to work because Gilbert generally and, doesn't answer questions. And the documentary <laughs> is going to you. It's called Gilbert, and you could see it on the 29th. It'll start on Hulu. Oh, on Hulu. Okay, um, Hulu. You have Hulu, don't you? Tom? I have Hulu. I'm going to watch this it. This is a streaming service back. of some sort. Yeah. Internet-based streaming service. Um, no, because one thing struck me, uh, of all the things in the documentary, a lot of interesting things, but you mentioned that, and I don't know if this was just for a laugh or if it was true, you mentioned that every time you do a gig, you're hoping the, that there's a fire, yeah. and they come to you and say, you don't have to do the gig. 
I have this fantasy when I'm waiting backstage that the manager will come back and say, you know, there was a fire or a flood, and so the show's over. Here's your check. Go home. And now, is this true, or is this a, is this um, kind of an exaggeration to get a laugh? No, no, I I definitely um, I definitely get that more and more. As a matter, well, yeah, I've, I, had, I've had that for years. I had that probably since I started. I, I you know, I was never. I always, I wanted to be a sitcom star, a, a movie star, or something. I figured this was just a stepping stone. That's what I thought. Yeah, here we are. Here we are, many <laughs> years later. Do you still get nervous before you perform? I I find. I, I think in some ways I get more nervous now than I used to. You know, people, I think it's supposed to be the other way around where, you know, when you're young and inexperienced, you're nervous and then you get sure of yourself. With me, it would be like, I think years ago you could say, okay, you're going to be on stage, there's 10,000 people in the audience and it's broadcast live all around the universe and I go yeah all right <laughs> you know and, I, and now I I when I'm waiting backstage I think can I do this <laughs> well it, I get I'm more nervous too. I think it's like Yosemite Sam you know when he didn't look down he was able yeah. to stay in the air right and as soon as he realized what the hell was going on, he and I think more and more I'm realizing the insanity of, of it, and, yeah, and maybe and, that's and, why. And yeah. now you go, <laughs> and then I go run to the. So so, uh, Gilbert, would you, if I gave you a sufficient amount of money, whatever that sum would be, and this is a discussion we have a fair amount amongst ourselves, would you leave the business? <laughs> If you didn't have, to, I guess you feel you have to work to make money. I always figured, I figured yeah. maybe you had enough, but maybe you don't. Yeah, I, I I quite often have that fantasy. If I give you a cool $20 million after yeah. tax dollars, would I ever see you again on a stage? You know, write me a check. <laughs> I think I'll... But there must be some part of you that feels joy underneath the anxiety, though, that keeps you doing this, or no? Uh, I don't know. I remember years ago, I used to... Uh, be addicted to it. It was like it. There, there could be a war going on, you know, with you know troops coming in and firing. I I would go through the firing line to get to a comedy club to do it. And now I feel like ah, gee, it's a nice day. I don't want to take a war. I first, uh, I, did you first hear of Gilbert from uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2? That's, I think, what most people... Um, yeah, or what was the one right after that? What Beverly was, Hills Cop 2? Was, 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 what was it after that, though? Beverly Hills Cop 3? No. Was, was there a Beverly Hills Cop? It was Beverly Hills Cop, but there was something else, too. No, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, problem yeah. Child. What? Problem Child. Yeah. yeah, but that was the Sidney Bernstein role where you were the accountant, the Jewish accountant, and... Uh, it was maybe a three-minute roll. I don't know. What was it, three minutes? Yeah. And, I, I mean, Very is it fair short. to say that that's kind of what, at least for me, this was, what, 1987 or something, 88? I don't remember. But that's, for me, what made me a Gilbert Godfrey fan. I'd never heard of you, but I know you had done SNL, but I didn't know it. And SNL was, it was the worst season 
You were on 1980 or 79. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was the... Because people hated the idea of a new cash coming in right. back. Now it's like... Do you, do you, can you name one cast member of Saturday Night anymore? They change from week to week. Back then, it would be like if if Friends at its peak, if all those, the cast members left and there were a whole new group as Joey and Rachel and whatever, and you said, okay, just pretend... It, you like them just as much as the originals. It was like Beatlemania. And you got rid of John, Paul, George, and Ringo and got four other. And so they were attacking the whole idea of Saturday Night Live going on without the recognizable names. That was just after Chevy and that, that whole crew? Oh, yeah. And Belushi and Aykroyd and, and, and Lorne Michaels. And... You know, and then when the show went on, it did suck. So that didn't help matters either. But yeah, I, I, I uh, got that part in Beverly Hills Cop, too, and we started. I, I remember sitting there with Eddie Murphy, and we started like ignoring the script and just playing around. Back so you and came forth. up with that whole thing about if you put it in this hand, yeah, and I don't know what was in this hand, yeah. And now people people come up to me on the street and go like that. Now, you set the Jewish people back a few years, but <laughs> the good news is that your career was launched at that point. Some critic, uh, I think, said something like that. Like, it was like, I, I had never even heard of this Dusturma. I guess some... It was like German propaganda magazine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was like a Goebbels production. <laughs> Can I ask you, so what is the, uh, when you said people come up to you on the street and like mention that you were in certain things, what is the one you get most often? Cindy Bernstein. That one I get, there's a bunch of, Problem Child gets a lot. What I found too is like Fort Fairlane was a disaster when it was released. But it built up a cult following over the years. Mm. So, so many things. People even come up to me who saw me in Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was a skit. I don't know that one. Yeah, it was like Twilight Zone for kids. Okay. That used to be on. And what's funny about that show, I was doing a guest spot there, and with me were two little boys. And one of the little boys was Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that yeah, that's I never knew about that one. Yeah. Another another thing in the documentary that uh, struck me is uh, you did a gig in Philadelphia at Helium, I guess it was. Uh huh. And, and you took the um, the mega bus. Down. Oh yes. Now and I, I thought that was I asked your wife, is that a put on, or does he really take the mega bus? No. And she I, said you really take the mega. Bus. I I've taken these cheap buses. The mega bus is like twenty bucks. Yeah. Instead of just springing, uh, you know, for the train, which would be a hundred, or a driver, which would be two hundred. I I remember one time taking a mega or bolt bus out to Albany, New York, and then on the way back, my bus got canceled, and I made the mistake of someone said. 
they've got these Chinatown buses. Are they even cheaper? Yes, even (laughs) cheaper. I'm assuming Gilbert's a wealthy man. No one yeah. knows for sure. But now, Gilbert, are you, are you a man of, of, some, yeah. of some wealth? You're yeah. probably not going to yeah. answer that question. <laughs> but I, I will never do those Chinatown buses yeah. ever again. I'll tell you that. All right. So you do have a line some. Yeah. I, you know, celebrity net worth, I know they're not accurate. Are you looking up Gilbert's net worth? I look it up because right any, not, but it's probably not accurate. But, um, but why do you take the bus? Is that just to feel like... With, I'm a you know, cheap bastard. He's a cheapskate. Yeah. I, he's got a pathological illness. With with me getting something for free, like, you could book me, you know, on some job and say, um, here's a check for $100 million. Oh, and I'll throw in a, a carton of free gum. And to me, I'll go, Oh, I got a free gum out of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, he's in a gorgeous apartment. If you watch the documentary, I mean, it's a beautiful... And the elevator in the documentary opens up into the apartment, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's a big deal. That's not Megabus material, but... No. He's the only one on the Megabus with an elevator opening into his apartment. That, that I would be fairly certain of. I'm the only one on the Megabus who has an apartment. Yeah, yeah right. He's the only one on the Megabus without a roommate. It's mostly yeah. stupid. My, my niece took the Megabus to go to, because she went to school in Philly, and she would take the Megabus down there, but she was a student with no income. She wasn't a household name. But you have that apartment because you take the Megabus. Well, oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Very kidding. Very he, he also collects... Um, and you'll see this in the documentary. I'm not going to talk too much about the doc because I want you to see it. But the one other thing that I struck me is that he does collect shampoo from hotel rooms. When I go into a hotel, first thing I do is go into the bathroom and I'll see what they have there for me to take. Now, have you have you been in therapy ever and discussed this? Or, of course, therapy is, is not a cheap endeavor. Yeah, yeah. No, therapy costs too much money. Okay, well, you know, this is his... Uh, <laughs> Can I ask you... Oh, sorry. Go oh, go ahead. Uh, did you learn anything about yourself that you didn't know oh, before after the, uh, after the documentary was made? The only thing I think I learned was, and I swear to God, this is true. I was watching myself the way I move around, and I swear I thought... Oh, my God. I walk like Red Fox did in Sanford and Son. Yeah, there was this kind of shuffle and this way he would have his legs move. I've seen that, yeah. And and I thought, oh, my God. Yeah, but you've seen yourself on screen before. You didn't notice the shuffle? No, no. It's like, see, watching the documentary is painful for me. I'm fine if you want to cast me. As the plumber on a sitcom right. or show up as something in a movie, I'm fine. But watching me as me is painful. Do you feel that way about watching your stand-up? Like if you have a set that you listen to or... Oh, so, yeah. Really hard? A lot of, you know, everything. Yeah. Everything I watch, be you know, well, that's natural where you just go, oh, I should have done that differently. Why didn't I go into by this? A, I watch myself. By, by should have done that differently. I mean my my life. You know, yeah, yeah. When I see my, yeah. <laughs> I see my <clears throat> okay. Here's something that gets me. People who say, 
I have no regrets. Is is that possible that a person can have no regrets? They're uh, probably just saying that to make themselves feel better. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I got more than a few, but um, I mean, at the you know, maybe by that they meant that at the time with the information they knew and with the person that they were, yeah, they they made the decision that seemed right at the time. But rest assured, they made some. Fu- we all made some. Or they've just never taken terrible, any chances. With terrible their life. decisions. Mm. Um, but why dwell on those? Maybe it is. Yeah, may- to maybe just say- they're just saying they're not worth. It's not worth dwelling on. I tend to be painfully. In, enmeshed in the past. Oh, me too. I, especially this time of year where I really take stock. You know, now it's um, now it's uh, what, what day is it? December twenty eighth or twenty seventh? Doesn't matter. This is the worst time of year. The, the fact is, it's the end of the year, and yeah. it's when I and I used to say every year at this time I would say to myself, "Next year is going to be my year." I haven't said that in a few years because because every year <laughs> is never my year. I said, you know what? <laughs> I finally learned my lesson. It's not going to probably not going to be my year. Well, it's it's kind of like. Like a New Year's resolutions. Like some people for years go, okay, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to give up smoking. And then one day they wake up, it's New Year's, and they go, I'm not going to even kid myself. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to lie around the house. Yeah, yeah. You learn after a certain time. You know, you learn learn that... You're going to continue doing the same shit you've been doing. It's also hard to start over in the middle of winter in New York City. I mean, to go to the gym on January 1st sounds horrible, you know? Yeah, it is bad gym weather. That's for sure. Um, Yeah, by the way, Gilbert has his own uh, podcast called Gilbert's... uh, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing amazing Colossal colossal Podcast. And his specialty is... uh, Older celebrities, I guess. I don't know if that's yeah. your specialty or that's who's available. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, you basically, if you're under 80, you're, you're not welcome there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what the average age of your guest is, but it's about 80. Would it? Would it... We've had uh, I maybe 10 guests who were in that 90s. I mean, Dick Van Dyke was on the show, Carl Reiner, Norman Lear. Um... Mart Marty Allen from Allen and Rossi. I don't even know who that is. Oh, he used to go hello there. That was his big. <laughs> I don't know, but um, <laughs> and I sat in recently. You had some guy from uh, the Rascals, the singer. Oh yeah, I forgot his name. Uh, now now I oh God yes, and he was good too. We had two of the monkeys. Uh, Mike Nesmith and Mickey Dolenz. Um, well, they're in their 70s, probably. Yeah, we had Tommy James, who used to sing, I think we're alone now. Oh, before the Tiffany version. Oh, yeah. Obviously. And he he was uh, an amazing interview. He, he Did he do anything else besides Tommy James? Uh, and besides yeah. I Think We're Alone Now? I Think We're Alone. Oh, and Moni Moni. Moni Moni. Oh, okay. Who do you have coming up? Any any tant- tantalizing, titillating uh, uh, sneak preview of some of the oh, guests? Oh, God. I don't know. I get it all mixed up who is on and who's coming up. But, yeah, Tommy James used to be 
in this music label he was signed with called Roulette that was Total Mobster. It was this guy named Morris Levy who ran it and Complete Mobster. Well, I guess a lot of a lot of show business in those days, or uh, I mean, yeah, run by the mob was run oh, by yeah. the mob. Well, and, that's and, where the and, term and, stand-up comedian comes from. No, it does. Yeah, what, what are you yeah. talking about? Uh, the term stand-up comedian, like comedians used to stand up in, and do comedy in these like mob-run clubs, and they'd say, "Oh, this guy, he's a stand-up guy. He's a comic. Yeah. He's a stand-up comic." I don't know. That what? sounds like. Stop it. That yeah. sounds like apocryphal to me. No, no. Okay, I'll look it up right well, now. Yeah, you better look yeah, that yeah. up. Yeah, look it up. Because Stevens often, you know, I mean, yeah, often. They, they've uh, used that as a pun in a million times. Like, I, I, I was assumed it was because we stand up. We're literally standing up. But so if someone was sitting down while they but were doing stand up. But that's the exception to the rule. I mean, there's a few stand up comics that sit down, but the vast majority stand up. So therefore, it's a stand up, uh, you know, comedian. Like you could have a sit-down, let's have a sit-down dinner, and somebody has a bad back and is standing. I He's the exception. I just saw a movie recently on TV called Stand Up Guys. And I just saw I just watched it today. And the cast is Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, and Alan Arkin. So you figure with a cast like that, how could it be bad? And it was bad. <laughs> it was really awful. But Gilbert's sort of a, um, he, he's just, you, you love like old Hollywood, old, mm-hmm. you know, he's sort of obsessed with, uh, do you see any new shit that comes out? Oh, wait. We also had on Art Matrano. Uh, I don't know. Now, if you, okay. Art Matrano, his big thing. He'd go up like in a tux, and he'd do like a magic act where he didn't have any props with him. He'd just like smack his hands together, hold up a finger, put it down, and then his finger would be up on his other hand. And these would be the tricks, and the whole time he'd be going... And he built a career on this. <laughs> And we had on uh, Billy Saluga, who built a career. It's it's miraculous. It's almost evil. He built a career off going, well, uh, you can call me Ray, oh, I think and I've heard you of that. could call me G, but you don't have to call me Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, I think I heard of that guy. That was that's a, yeah. a '70s thing. He he was on oh, yeah. every variety <laughs> show in commercials. <laughs> well, there was that girl recently that, that that built a career kind of on um, "Cash Me Outside." How about that? Yeah, remember the "Cash Me Outside" girl? No, who's that? She was on Doctor Phil, and she was str- and the audience was like coming at her because she was a troubled teen. You know, Doctor Phil has on these troubled teens that they, he sends them to boot camp. Right. So the audience was like, "You need to respect your mother, and you know, you think you're all that." And she said, "Cash me outside. How about that?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it became viral, and yeah. then she went on Instagram and got like a million followers. And so I think she sells ads. I think she has does some rap. She's got got a musical deal or something. A, That's a rap deal. And they, yeah, and here we are, you know, trying to write jokes and and uh, you See, know you got the cash me outside that, girl. That's <laughs> another thing that I find. It's like club owners have told me they book people from the internet 
And on the internet, you'll find some girl whose big thing is squeezing her blackheads or some guy who could, you know, shove grapes in his nose or whatever. And it goes viral. Yeah. It then, goes but they, viral. They're the ones who can fill the seats, you know, they yeah. have followers. That's it. They say, you know, they they have nothing to do on stage, nothing to talk about. But when they book them, it's a mob scene. Well, you've got to go viral. And, and that's why I used to jokingly, half jokingly, you know, when I did Letterman, I used to say, you know, instead of doing my act, I should do something crazy. Right. I should take a crap on the stage or whatever. Um, and, and have a friend in the audience uh, film it on their phone and put it on, on the Internet. And that and would go, be. Go, go viral. It would go you know. viral, but your window, there, there's a limit. I don't know if you'd still be famous today if you did that. Well, no, I'd be living in, in, in Tahiti with my with my retirement money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be. I only need a year in this business to, to make a few million bucks and then cash out. And nowadays, like with, you know, Jimmy Fallon and shows like that, and Saturday night, too, They'll do stuff with the main intention the show is the last thing. Right, they want to go viral. Yeah, they want to go viral. What what appears on TV, they don't care. But what, what that one thing, that'll go viral. That's it. Do you have uh, Instagram or uh, Twitter presence? Uh, yeah, I have. I barely understand what any of it is. But, it, you know, I have, well, Twitter, my Twitter is real Gilbert. And my and I uh, have a website, GilbertGodfrey.com, that I bought from a guy in Thailand. His name was Gilbert Gottfried, or he, he was trying to. He make... was just a sit-in on these names. Oh, okay, he yeah, people used to buy up names. Yeah. And... and how much can I ask? How much did he charge you? It was a double insult. <laughs> Number one, that I had to buy my name, and two, how cheaply I got it. And he threw in a Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> I think Facebook had to buy Facebook.com. I don't know what they paid for it, but there was another guy with Facebook.com at the time. and Yeah, like early on. They people would, were buying up names. Yeah, you know? they would call themselves General Motors.com. You know, I bought Pan Am just before it went out of business, so I, yeah. it, wasn't oh, a, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a very good investment. But, um, you know, I got. I feel like websites are kind of... Old school. I mean, I have a website. I've abandoned yeah. it. My website is like an abandoned. Um, it's like an. It's like a ghost town. It's like the. There's dates there from like you know five years ago. Like a tumbleweeds blow. I've just kind of abandoned my well, website. Yeah, even news sites now. Like the I, uh, the mantra is social is the new front page. Yeah, like I don't social media feel that anybody cares about a website. I, maybe they do. I just put it on Twitter. But I don't even put it on Twitter because I'm like such a bad marketer. But theoretically, you put it on Twitter. And and I. What's so weird is, like, the minute I feel like I'm on the newest, hippest thing on the Internet, I'll say it to someone and I'll go, oh, my God, you're still using that? You yeah, know, it's, it's like so it becomes outdated in two seconds. It moves so fast, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't do um, – do people use uh, Snapchat for marketing or that's just for fun? Snapchat. I mean, you can use anything for marketing. Don't, you don't really hear much about that now because Instagram stories are a thing. You know, it just feels like every six months there's a new thing. 
and you have to learn it. Well, that's why I bought a quarter of a Bitcoin. No, I bought a, almost a whole Bitcoin, but I sold most of it. Just because this time I want, and it'll probably go to zero because I'm involved. But um, just because for the first time I want to be in on something before everybody's in on it. And how did you get in before everybody? And I'm already in on it too late because yeah. the time to be in on it was a few years ago. But this this guy at Santa New York... Uh, um, James Altucher, who was a guest on this show, was he's like a cryptocurrency guy, and he he was like, oh, this is you know, this is a big thing, whatever. And do um, you are you happy you did it? Or how well, I made money. I made money, and then I I sold some of it. And I bought some a Litecoin, which is another crypto, and then I bought something called Ripple. That's the name. It's called Ripple. Sounds like a cheap booze, but anyway. Um, See that I hear about, but I think now would be. Uh, like worthless to try to invest on it. Well, I, I I put in like I got in a month ago and it doubled even since a month ago, and then I still I still, I pulled out my initial investment. I left you know some some still in there, but um, yeah, it might be too late. It might not, I don't know. You know, uh, I I got in. It was there was still room to grow, but uh, who knows? And we're we're gonna have James on soon. Yeah, like, to yeah, talk, he'll be on to talk more about for the for those audience members that are into into crypto. The crypto well, one space thing they, I want to say. So we were talking about uh, stand up. So I got so, uh, I got uh, distracted with my crypto. No, it's fine. Uh, Carmen actually has a special that we should talk about. Oh, we'll do that. Yeah, we could do oh, that. That's nice. And Carmen, oh, you have a, on what? Did, did. Well, it's uh, no, it's an album that that's out, and um, the uh, it was just listed as one of the top ten of this year. So that's listed good. by who? The Interabang. The Interabang. Okay, yeah. I've heard of the Interabang. Is that a credible source? Yeah, I don't know. It's like okay. it's a uh, it's an industry publication. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you. Thank you. Yeah, but that, this is not a special. This is an album. Yeah. Is that okay? Was it your first? Yeah, it was my first. Yeah, but have you done a Netflix or any one of the? Now everybody's doing Netflix. No, special. I haven't done one of those yet. That they haven't mm. called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't remember the name anymore. Uh, yeah, they do. Oh, I that's for me now. That's <laughs> Netflix calling. Um, I don't know. Netflix might be. Do you think Netflix is now too? Too many people have so done Netflix specials. with stand-ups. I mean, of course, if, if they called right now, it'd be amazing, right? But there are a lot of specials on there. Oh, like, yeah. Like, what's the next thing? After yeah, I Netflix? feel like you know, somebody once told me you got, you got to skate where the puck is going, not where the puck is. But how do you know what, where the puck is going? <clears throat> well, that's the trick, isn't it? It's who you hang with, I guess, maybe, or who you know, or how much you... I don't know. I, I hang with 90-year-olds, <laughs> so I don't think... Are, th are those your friends socially, or just the people you have on? What is your so uh, social, like, like, I know you have your wife and you have your kids, and my guess is you don't want to delve too much into that because you're a private person, but... Um, it, it's weird. Um, who do you hang with? I don't know that I hang that much. Like, if I'm thrown in a situation where it's like, like with famous people, if I'm thrown in a situation with, like, celebrity who I know, then I'm glad to see them. But I, I you know, it's like, you know, on re reality shows where they'll say to someone, okay, we need you to get in touch with as many of your celebrity friends now within the next 15 minutes. And I go, I don't know the numbers of like 99% of the ones that I know. Well, no one knows numbers anymore. It's all on your phone. Yeah. But you're saying, Oh, that's true too. See that? Everything's different. It's like, 
I feel like the exact second I I had show business vaguely figured out, that all changed. You know, I used to think of it in terms, well, it was TV and movies. And you understood that. But now it's like, I don't get it. Now you have to have your own web series yeah. and your own well, Instagram. Well, you, you can get you... famous, as we were saying, from a, a YouTube video or an Instagram, an Insta, as the kids call it, account. I don't say Insta because that sounds like an old guy trying to be cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Instagram, the young kids call it, it hit me up on Insta, you know. I, mean, um, I have a question, actually. So you were talking about how uh, so many people nowadays just do things to go viral. And those are things oftentimes that we're probably going to look at in a few years and totally cringe. Oh, now, yeah. Now, you were talking about uh, some of the guests on your show and so many of your friends who are in their 80s and 90s. What stuff from, like, the 50s and 60s and 70s, comedy-wise, do you look at and just cringe because either by today's standards, it's not cool anymore, or it just wasn't funny at the time. What do you? And that goes to for everybody, mm. by the way. Well, see, I'm I'm happy that there was no internet when I was starting out in those first couple of years, because I would hate to see what I was doing back then. Because mm. you know, you have no idea. You start out, you have no idea what. A joke is. It's like I had a catchphrase for some. My friend Lewis Schaefer told me you you need to you ever meet Lewis Schaefer. He's like a effeminate heterosexual, but he said you need a you need to have catchphrase so they remember you. You got good jokes, but they don't. You know. So my catchphrase was I never learn, and I use it for about a week and try to shoehorn all my jokes in it. I never learn format. I go. I never learn. I never learn. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, but I eventually I said, but you learned. Too, this is yeah. too confining. Oh, yes. <laughs> eventually I figured this is too confining, you know. But but you're trying at the beginning. I also, I mean, I'm, I also did like voices a little bit, not I mean, well. But you're trying to beginning. figure out yeah. what, who you are at the beginning. Yeah, it's it, it's like that kind of thing where you know you want to be on stage and tell jokes, but you're not sure what a joke is, and then after a while you're going. Uh, Hmm. Uh, moon rhymes with June, and so that's kind of funny. I guess that's a joke. Do you well, remember when, when did you time? first? Well, when did you first start with the, the, your current style, which is yes, yes, you know that whole thing. Um, I mean, which is sort of how you talk anyway, but it's it's not. Yeah. it's an exaggeration. But it, was that immediate when you started? Uh, doing- no, no. Um, and it's funny. There was never a conscious decision. I just remember I woke up one day and said, oh, that's been my delivery for a while now. <laughs> and it was never, like, thought out. I never thought, you know, people say to me, oh, did you notice your relatives acted that way? And then you saw it. And I, no. <laughs> Do you remember your first time on stage? I, uh, yeah, I was. It's funny, because. I remember it at one club in the village. My sister remembers it somewhere else. So I I don't remember exactly which club it was. But I remember it was just, you know, some club. They had a list. And you whenever you got there, you wrote your name on the list. And when they got to your name, they said, and coming up so-and-so. 
Did you have bringers then? Like when I started, there was something called bringers. Who, if you're not a comedy, oh no, they person, didn't have that. Here. You had to bring three friends. Or however many friends you had to bring, right? Is that you had to yeah. really like distribute them so you ha- you could do more yeah. shows and not yeah. bring them all at one yeah. show. But, but they'd all come at once anyway because yeah. they tell each other. I was in law school at the time, and I would tell tell three people, "Hey, can you come to my show? I need three people." And they'd end up t- telling the whole class, and a hundred would show up—not literally, but a lot. Yeah. And then I blow my load, and the next time nobody wants to come. But in uh-huh. any case, that's how we started with with bringing the our own audience. And uh, and my first time was at Stand Up New York, with, and I brought. That was my first. Oh, was it? Uh, with mm-hmm. I forgot. I think it was Scott Kranz. Was anyway, I had a great set because the audience was all friends of comics, and they were. And I thought to myself, "Here we go. It won't be long now, you know, before I start making money." Yeah. And it was a little longer than I had anticipated. Uh-huh. That's that's the, one of those early lessons you get. That, you know, when you start out in those first couple of years, you'll do a set. That just everything, you know, when you just like, you know, switching the mic from one hand to the other, it gets a, a tremendous laugh and a round of applause and you go, OK, well, that's it. I'm a star now. And then, of course, uh, the next day you go on and. People are screaming for you to get off. Could it be that uh, I, if did we hear the laughter at the same level back then? Like I have memories very early on of killing, but it could be that I wasn't killing at all, but just that my ears was not my ears were div- not attuned to what killing yeah. is, and that maybe they weren't laughing that hard, but they were. <laughs> have you ever done a show where the laughter is almost too much? And like now it's okay because you're used oh, to yeah. it and you're like, but at the beginning where you're like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. It's almost like intimidating. It, no, yeah, no? I, I don't find that. What I do find is, uh, is, is sometimes the laughter is so much I feel uneasy. Yeah. Because I feel uneasy with my own power. Maybe that's because it. Because I, mean. I have deep seated, um, I don't know what you would Insecurities? call Insecurities? Well, I, I, I feel, I don't want to. I, I have no killer instinct. Mm-hmm. When I used to play tennis poorly, but I played tennis, I was whenever I started winning, I'd feel sorry for the other player, and and I and then I would I wouldn't want to win, and I think that does anybody does others. this resonate with anybody? It's not that I care about them. I just had a yeah. weird. I didn't like being number one in any. I mean, I certainly wasn't yeah. number one, but I I didn't like being. Why? Because that's more responsibility, I or don't all know. the eyes I, are on I, you. I, I'm not sure why, but sometimes when the audience is laughing really really hard. Uh, yeah, I feel that similar kind of, like, I need to pull back because this is too much. Yeah. I don't know if that resonates with anybody. Because that's, no, that's just a me that. thing, you know. And then it turns out the person goes on after me, kills just as hard. And, it was, you know, so, you know, because we tend to all kill and bomb. I the find at the comedy cellar, yeah. we tend to kill and bomb together. Generally. Yeah. You know. And speaking of the comedy cellar, G- Gilbert uh, doesn't work. I... Uh, I don't know if he wants to work here. He doesn't, but um, he'd certainly be welcome to, but not that I'm the owner or the well, booker. I, Gilbert, I saw you at the Underground, what, a couple years ago? Uh, yeah. It was for, I think, Attell's, uh, like, Live at the Underground oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but is 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 uh, just something you're not interested in doing would be to, to work here when you've hap- you happen to it, be in town? You know? It's strange. It's like that that addiction. It used to be... No matter what, I could have a 500-degree fever, Mm -hmm. and you could say, you want to go on? I Oh, yeah, yeah. 
and and now it's like when I oh here's something weird when I go on now they'll recognize me so when I walk out I'll get a big round of laughs and applause when you get on stage yeah and and I feel like that bar, makes me uncomfortable the bar is too high yeah I feel like no I I just want to Try out some stuff that might suck. You know, all, all the celebrities that come to work here, I mean, there's quite a few that come. Many of them, they get on stage, they have that, the audience goes berserk. They yeah. see a big celebrity, and the first thing the celebrity will say is, lower your expectations. Yes. There's a few yes. of them that say that, and I think that that's what you're, what you're getting at, is that is they want that bar a little bit lower, because, okay, I cannot possibly compete with my level of celebrity. Yeah, and it's like, you know, when you're unknown, you could go up on stage and bomb, and it doesn't matter. And then when they're expecting so much. But I feel like if if I was super famous and I was here, I would probably bring notebooks on stage all the time because that would just basically say, lower your expectations. Even if you wouldn't use them. I'm trying. Yeah, but Even if you don't even use a notebook, the notebook... It looks like you're just trying out stuff. You're looking at the notebook, the the pages are empty, (laughs) and you're doing... But but it lets the audience know. Yeah, I'm just here to try new stuff, so chill out. That's a good idea. Gilbert was never a notebook kind of a guy. No. You know, I can't imagine Gilbert with a notebook. No. I could could bring a blank notebook and... Start staring. Well, you're certainly welcome to come hang here and get free food. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, but so, Gilbert, you're saying that your level of success has uh, damp or lowered your desire to do stand-up because it's not as big a challenge anymore. Yeah, I, I Did don't know. It's it's kind of like now when I go on there, they see someone recognizable, so they're expecting it to be like. I mean, I. I remember last, you know, one of the appearances I made here. Then on Twitter, some guy tweeted, what was that? (laughs) And it's like, "Mm, what that was is trying something that I haven't been doing for 50 years. That wasn't totally polished. You know, they they expect it to be like, you know, like... uh, Ready for like an HBO special? Well, I think the key there is don't look at Twitter. Yeah, yo, yeah, you or know. don't respond because that's usually what they want. Exactly. Oh, they that's want. the worst. Yeah. Now, do you get recognized on the mega bus? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you do. What do they say to you? <laughs> the context is weird, though. You know, so they're not expecting Gilbert. But anyway, yeah. It, yeah. Sometimes when you don't expect to see somebody, it's hard, they're harder to recognize. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking maybe, do, is that why you take it, too? That's yeah. The, <laughs> take well, it, have some so privacy. Can, that would be when you're really desperate for recognition. <laughs> like but, if Obama came in here and sat down, I bet nobody would bother him. Because they're like, yeah. that, that can't possibly be Obama eating that, that uh, chicken platter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carmen, so, okay, so Gilbert, you were saying that as a person of notoriety it's not good for you to get up on stage with such high expectations carmen from your point of view when you get up and you're relatively junior here you've been here what two three years Mm -hmm. now do you feel a big expectation to kill because this is the comedy seller and so yeah i mean i wouldn't i mean they have a new joke night here so i just do my new jokes there or i do them at other spots but here i do want to do well so 
Uh, I think certain comedians can do new jokes here, but I, I'm not like, you know, I'm not worried that I can't do that. I'm not. It, it yeah, doesn't we, we bring feel like we feel, Carmen and I feel because we're not celebrities, so we don't get the carte blanche of the celebrity. Get we feel we really need to kill hard, yeah, or they'll stop using us here. At the other clubs, we don't feel that. It's like, uh, you know, they don't ex have the same expectations. But here, the comedy seller, they want everybody to just... And yeah, they want that sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that I, you know, I don't typically do new jokes. I'll yeah. slip, I slip one in. Every once in a while. Well, I sandwich it in between two surefire jokes so that there's momentum. Because you can't just start off with a new joke. You need momentum. And confident. And then I'll slip it in, and then sometimes it's like the, the contrast is, is, is stark between the new one oh and what God, surrounds yeah. it. You know, they're howling, and then you do a new one, and cricket. You, you know you what know. gets me when you have those audiences where you, you can't build up a flow with them? It's like mm -hmm. you could do 10 jokes. That they love and are falling off their chairs with. And then you do a bad one afterwards and you lose them. There's no right. good there's, will. There's no, uh, there's no momentum. Yeah. You figure they'll give you a little something because they, you know, because of you've you've delighted them now for yeah. 15, 20 minutes. They forget, they forget your name yeah, like in mid-act. Each, <laughs> each line you say is an audition right, exactly. to get them. Or the opposite, where you're just doing jokes and you're killing, and then you just breathe or move, and they love it. And yeah. You're like God. Yeah. And that's those are those sets that fool you. Yeah. Early on, where you think, okay, I'm a star. I made well, it. But that's what I thought, you know. But uh, so many people <laughs> who don't work in comedy though think that like you have to practice or or do it do stand up for like let's say eight ten years and then you have it down. So then it's always surprising to people to see a professional stand-up comic get up and bomb. But that's a pretty big misconception, isn't it? Because you get, like, if you're trying out new material constantly, you're oh, always yeah. bombing. Yeah. But well, I never yeah. do enough new material that it's going to... I mean, sometimes you bomb because the audience just doesn't like you or whatever. But I, I, if I do a new joke, it's usually a couple. Not, a whole, not like a whole set worth. Right. So that I usually, especially here where the audience is good, it's not going to be a com generally a complete bomb unless they just hate me anyway, which mm. can which happens, I guess, from time to time, you know. But um, the worst though is that people think it's so easy to be a comedian that they see you do have a bad set and they just think you're horrible because they don't even know all the variables that go into it, you know. Like that happened to me once where my sister's friends came and I. Bombed, not here in like Savannah, Georgia, or something. And I know they were like, "You've been doing this for yeah. so many years." Well, and I don't you like suck. people I that are yeah. relatives or I old friends in the worst. Worst. I know. I freeze up. My aunt. I I was doing a show in Florida. I said, "Anybody here from Canada?" And I hear you. But yeah, I'm from Canada. And it was my aunt who's from Canada. <laughs> and like I was, you know, I had to take a few seconds to get get my head back on straight. I'm the same way. Yeah. I hate how... I, I'd rather perform in front of strangers all oh, the time. Oh, absolutely. And they, and they think they're there their support. They think they're there for yeah. more support. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times people that I've known have shown up and really thought... You're happy to see them. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. 
I, I don't want yeah. anyone I know there. I've used the line, it's sold out so many times, just to lie. To like, yeah. sorry, it's sold out. If but, they insist on coming, I say, for the love of God, sit in the back. Yeah. But I don't want you right be, in the front row. Or those I are the best audience members, though, aren't they? Because they are pulling for you in a way that normal people Ma- aren't. Maybe, but it's not worth it if the, if you bomb and, and you feel like uh. you've, you've... And you're distracted. You're distracted. You're like, Aunt Susie's in the back row. And Aunt Susie's judging me, and Aunt yeah. Susie's going to tell my mother yeah. that I've wasted my life. This is what yeah. goes through my head in any, right. in any of right. It's just a distraction that's in your head during your jokes. Yeah. You're it's not like fully present. The people who come up to you like that... After the show, after you bomb, and go, you know, the stage was very nice, very <laughs> colorful. <laughs> what they'll say, they'll say, uh, oh, I thought you were good. Yeah, oh, yes. Only yes. you could have done that material. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll give you like a soft, positive heckle that they think helps the show and that doesn't at all. They'll oh, be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I get that. You know, and you're like, shut yeah. up. Yeah. You're not helping. How long do, uh, can, or, how long are you usually dating someone before you invite them to a show? I don't invite. I often meet them at the show. <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess it would be... Uh, or I guess it varies from person to person. How do, how do you think I get laid? Not not because I have any game. I, Your they're, Facebook they're, game. They're in the audience. Hmm. My Facebook game is all right, but that usually comes as a consequence of my stage game. Oh, okay. So, you know, that's... I, after the show, I'll say, so, you on Facebook? Hmm. Can I hit you up on Insta? That's another thing that's different about today's comedy, too, is that you didn't have that in the 80s. Like, if you met someone at a show, you met them there. Yeah. And that was the last you were going to see of them, as opposed to now, where you can get in touch with them Well, you would get a phone number in the old days, and you would do as Gilbert was... We were talking before the show. You would would be shaking like a leaf before you called them. Yeah. It was like the worst thing in the world. You'd have this phone number, and you'd be by the phone and you go should I call her today I mean or should I wait till tomorrow well alright I'll call her today but let me wait till the end of this TV show and then I'll call her and, it was, and she it, it was a horrible like what did you even talk about like, you, you didn't want to say right away when she answered the phone hey you want to go out or yeah. you want? so you had to come up with some small talk but That's everybody knew worst. where it was going. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, just get to it already. You can, hey, so what's up? Oh, not much. How you doing? Do you remember uh, that? Yeah, it was oh, horrible. It was horrifying. It was horrifying. But the you anticipation, know? do you remember the anticipation of going out or going to work or whatever, and then coming home to see if you had any messages? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you saw the light flickering? Like, yeah. there's a message on the answer machine. And well, I would call in from my messages, oh. you know, uh, ob- obsessionally. Yeah. And I remember when I would call a girl and I'd hear the phone ringing, I would go, oh, God, please don't be home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there a difference between... Uh, so I, I imagine that you, Dan, or, or uh, Gilbert, you guys, you know, flirting with people in the audience and getting a date out of it, is that different from the number of of people that Carmen you would do that with? Like, I see. I think it's different for women. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe women, other women, do like to date people in the audience. But I've never been attracted to that. To the sort of guy that's going to hit on the no, comedian who's on stage. No, because I feel like the ones that I have. I mean, I've gone out with guys that have written me or talked to me after a show. Um, but I found that most of them like the girl on stage. 
And then it just becomes a podcast. Like they just want to talk to me about how I write my jokes or, you know, it's just. Well, what's wrong with that, though? I mean, they're interested in you uh, and they're interested in what you do. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I. I now, guess if you I'm, were a guy, you would play through that just for the totally, sex. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but but that's, guess, and therein lies the difference. Yes. Although our, our friends from the Guys We Fuck podcast would argue that, that the difference is merely cultural. Yeah. Um, you know, those girls from the Guys We Fuck podcast, they yeah. feel that the differences between men and women sexually are all cultural. But in any case... No, I, I think you're born with those differences. <laughs> well, no, that's what I mean, we—that's yeah. what Noam and I were arguing on that episode. But, yeah. but I mean, it's I've gone out with guys that I met at a bar. That's really no different. It's just a guy at a bar, a guy at a show, big deal. But I think once I started doing stand-up, I don't know, I just was never... I don't think girls, maybe I shouldn't speak to, for all women, but we don't get hit on as much as men do. And the ones that hit on us, they're not always the ones you want to go out with. Well, I think, and I've said this before, that, you know, when you ask women, what, do you, what, what traits in a man do you find um, attractive? Oftentimes, sense of humor is high on the list. Yes. Um, and yeah, I think it's total, complete And Govinda doesn't buy it. But yeah. Complete horseshit. Really? Why? Because I, I, I think I, my favorite was Rod Stewart. You know, he was the biggest rock star. And he married this, I think I forget her name, like... Morgan Hun- something? Or? Hunter something. Yes, Rachel Hunter. Rachel, Rachel, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Rachel Hunter. Hunter. And she was a supermodel. And she said, Rod Stewart is living proof that a man can laugh you into bed. And I'm thinking, oh... What? So she didn't know he was the biggest rock star <laughs> in the world. She didn't know he had billions of dollars. She didn't know how powerful he was. It was all his... And I'm thinking, you know, I'll bet you... I don't say I'm the greatest comic on the planet, but I'll bet you I've got funnier jokes than Rod Stewart. <laughs> Well, it's also status, and he's yeah. got you know power. Yeah, well, I, I think man. I think I think it's a factor, but you know, it, it, you got to. I mean, there's there's numerous factors, but I, I do think it's more important. Uh, a sense of humor is m- more important for a woman than Absolutely. it is for a man. Yes, I mean, you know, it may not be the number one. And for you guys, it's it's attractive. Yeah. Unfortunately, Absolutely. yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I yeah. don't make the rules, Carmen. If I did, we'd all get laid, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining. But, but, I don't mind liking men for their sense of humor. I don't need a man to look like George Clooney to date him. I'd rather look like George Clooney. And I hope my boyfriend's not listening because I think he's really hot. But I think sense of humor is... And it's less common, it's too, isn't it, right? personality. What? Being really funny is less common than being really good-looking. For men? Yeah. Or would you say that's true? Uh, it depends. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it depends. I mean, well, it depends how good too. looking you're exactly. saying. If you're talking <laughs> about Brad Pitt in, in his in his 30s, then that's very rare. Well, Mel Brooks said that, uh, you know, all those tall, handsome guys tried to get with Anne Bancroft, and she didn't go for any of them. She went with the small, funny mm. guy. Yeah. But I think that's an exception to the rule. You think world. so? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. You don't I'm, know? I, I just, I think most, maybe I, I just strongly believe I've dated mostly shorter guys. You well, know? everybody, I mean, you're, how old are you? You're six feet tall. Yeah. yeah. And so most, most guys of them are have been 
very funny. And this is not uh, an insult to any of them. But, I mean, I don't date Ken dolls or chiseled men or anything. You know what I mean? And the ones that I did date like that, they didn't last. Yeah, you're a comic. You value... But even before stand-up, I just always would rather just have a really funny personality or just a, you know, an interesting person. Do you think most women are that All right, Gilbert is still skeptical. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. But then again, Gilbert has an attractive wife, if I may say so. Uh, so. So basically, what we're telling you is if you want to get laid, go out and get the Joey Adams joke book. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't familiar with Joey Adams' stand-up, was he? Me either, actually. <laughs> he was yeah, not, uh, see, these are my references. <laughs> <laughs> he was... Uh, I just know him as Cindy Adams' husband. Would you you go out with a woman who was very funny and mildly attractive? No. No. Unfortunately. Like I said, I don't make the rules. It's a terrible world. (laughs) Uh, What if she was gorgeous but stupid? Uh, I'll yes, take it. Yes, for yes. How long, for how long? Every every guy. I'm not. I'm not saying a one night thing because I get it. Well, no, but like, uh, did you date her for a couple of years? Maybe not no, a couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Years. After a while. But see, would, this is another thing with guys. She could be absolutely gorgeous, but then in like a relatively short amount of time, you go. All right, I had that. Yeah. Don't they get uglier over time if there's nothing inside? They just Uh, get blander. They get bland, not ugly, but... but. It's like, you know, I love when people will say, geez, what was um, Billy Joel thinking when he split up with Christy Brinkley? And I'm saying... People say that? Yeah. I never heard that. And, (laughs) And I'll know exactly... What he was thinking. He was thinking, okay, you know, I had sex with her when she was the most gorgeous girl on the planet. And then I experienced it, okay, on to the next one. <laughs> All right. No, I don't, I never heard anybody say that. But that's more about <laughs> monogamy. I, I heard most people say, yeah, clear. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You and think that's more about monogamy? And no, oh, no, okay, no, right, no, right. no, 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 no. Um, but anyway, um, have you met Billy Joel? That, that's, I never that's one met of my Billy dream like, celebrities to meet, yeah. Billy Joel. Um, so anyway, if he's listening. Um, we tried to have his daughter on the show, you know, but she didn't want to come on either. <laughs> but next, maybe, maybe he's got a, a second cousin we can... Uh, <laughs> Pardon? No, we're, yeah, we're almost done. So, um, Gilbert, so, so Gilbert, now, any thoughts that you'll ever retire, or are, you gonna, are they going to just drag you off stage in a body bag? I guess they'll drag me off. I kind of think so now. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're shitting yourself on stage. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's the yeah. point where you go viral, Gilbert. Yes. Yes, you'll be at your... <laughs> that, that would be a... If that somebody, would be. You'll then you won't be able to ride the Megabus anymore. <laughs> you'll, you'll go viral, but... You'll be at that age where you don't know yeah. what your name is, right. but you're gone viral. Yeah, I mm. guess if when I don't remember my jokes is when I'll... St- Actually, that's not true. If I ever make real money, I, 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 could, I could give it up. Really? See, yeah. I think... I don't know. I think it's just kind of fun to go up there. I would come here to do stand-up here at the cellar, but I, I would not be doing... Uh, you know, full headliner oh, right. yeah. sets. But you'd still uh, be doing stand-up. I would be doing it on a 
on a 10-minute, 15-minute yeah. per set basis. And I would probably continue with the podcast. With me, it would be 10 minutes a year. <laughs> I saw you at Caroline's years ago, and you, you got up on stage, and the first thing you said was, okay, you came to see me, you saw me, now go home. Yeah. And uh, I don't, it resonated. But I, you know, I felt like you meant it. Yes. I don't know if you did. But <laughs> um, anyhow, so, so that's, it for, uh, that's it for us. You know, I know uh, Carmen's a big fan of our podcast, and I know you love the interplay with me and Noam. I know, I'm a little he, bummed he wasn't here. He wasn't here today because I, it's a, I think Miller has a tea party or something. Or <laughs> he's got something to do. But um, I, hope, I hope you enjoyed it anyway. I did. It was fun to hang with you guys. How, how do you think I did solo? You did pretty well. I've listened to some of yours alone. My solo. Yeah, work, yeah. your solos. Your gnome freeze. My, yeah, gnome. Usually I do a classic rock block. Yeah. No, it's good. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> and Stephen Calabria. Uh, Sitting in. Thank you very much for uh, my pleasure. Your insights. Uh, it's always good to hear from a non-comic and your commentary. Commenta- and Gilbert, thank you for stopping by. Once again, um, the documentary is Gilbert. And on the 29th, it'll start. Be it'll be available on Hulu. Hulu. Let's pay for service. Hulu. Yeah, I guess. I have no idea. I know it'll be on Hulu starting the 29th. I'm going to watch it this weekend. Oh, the 29th. Oh, I'll be be at the Funny Bone in Dayton. I'll watch it there. Yeah. (laughs) The Funny Bone. Now, would you still be doing the Funny Bone in Dayton if you made a lot of money? I give you $2 million tax-free. Are you going to the Funny Bone in Dayton? I give it to you right now. Do you call up the Funny Bone in Dayton and say... I would still go. If you gave it to me right now, yeah. I wouldn't cancel on them. You wouldn't cancel. See, I would cancel. Really? I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't cancel. I would cancel right as they're saying, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> give, <laughs> give me the check. I mean, I, my schedule might change in 2018, but I'd probably keep this one. Okay. Yeah. And sure. my, my podcast, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast... Twitter, Real Gilbert, and GilbertGodfrey.com. And I'm at Lynch Carmen. Dance Like You Don't Need the Money is my album on iTunes. And uh, CarmenLynch.com. My website is still on, Dan. Okay, all right. And I have, I'm not going to plug my shit. I do because I, you know, uh, whatever. I'll do it next week. Anyhow, um, Happy New Year, everybody. Also, we'll see you, we'll see you, I guess, in 2018, which will. May or may not be my year, but again, I've stopped saying that. So, uh, uh, till next time, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>